This, the Chad and Cheese podcast, brought to you in partnership with TA Tech. TA Tech, the Association for Talent Acquisition Solutions. Visit tatech.org. Okay, Joel, quick question. Yep. What happens when your phone vibrates or your texting alert goes off? <laughs> Dude, I pretty much check it immediately. And I bet everyone listening is reaching to check their phones right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I call it our Pavlovian dog reflex to text messaging. Yeah, that's probably why text messaging has a freaking 97% open rate. What? Crazy high candidate response rate within the first hour alone. Which are all great reasons why the Chad and Cheese podcast love yeah. text to hire from next. Love it. Yep, that's right. Next with the double X, not the triple X. Bow, chicka, bow, wow. So if you're in talent acquisition, <laughs> you want true engagement and great ROI. That stands for return on investment, folks. And yes. because this is the Chad and Cheese podcast, you can try your first text to hire campaign for just 25% off. Boom. Wow. So how do you get this discount? You're asking yourself right now. Tell them, Chad. It's very simple. You go to chadcheese.com and you click on the next logo in the sponsor area. Easy. No long URL to remember. Yeah. Just go where you know. Chadcheese.com and next with two X's. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All right, it's recording, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. That's what that red light's for. Go ahead. What's up, everybody? It's Joel Cheeseman here with Chad. We are at the iSIMS Influence Conference in beautiful, historic New Jersey. Joyzy. Joined here is Eric Kastelnik. I, I said that wrong. Kastelnik? Kastelnik. It's all right. I've only known you for Kastelnik. years. <laughs> Co-founder and CEO of Text Recruit, uh, recent acquisition of iSIMS. Also, Mike Wheelcheck. You got it. That correct? All good. Nailed it. Uh, he's SVP of Eric as well as strategy. <laughs> <laughs> So we're we're late in the day. Uh, we're a couple beers in, but yeah. we wanted to get these guys together uh, and talk about some things. Um, Eric, for those who don't know Text Recruit, not many of our listeners don't know you. Yep. But give them the quick elevator pitch on what you guys do. Yep. It's a candidate and employment uh, employee engagement platform that leverages chat, text message, and AI uh, to help you hire better people faster. It's that easy. And the name says pretty much says it all. Text yeah. Yeah. recruit. Yeah, message recruit would be good as well. Did that was a little long. That was a little long. long. Yeah, message. it's all right. You got to write the ad before you sell the product or build the product. So <laughs> got to buy the URL, right? I mean, that's sort of that. The, by the way, of naming. unbelievable. That was open. Oh, I no still shit. can't. Yeah, dude. Was, did, you was, go to go, much, did you go to GoDaddy? Of course I did. And no, you've got. I hosted. Go. No joke. No I hosted uh, text recruit on GoDaddy <laughs> for uh, the first three years. It was only until we like got like some money and like I'm like, well, maybe this is not the right way to do it. I built the site on WordPress, personally. 
Like so, everything that you see in on our site is is all the stuff that I I built. Original branding, original content, all that stuff. So it's not as janky anymore. It's not as janky. I actually <laughs> hired a professional to do it now. So yeah. Anyway, Eric, one of the things I thought was interesting was you have a, a whole suite of products, and I think people think of the text recruit messaging component, but talk about the the two or three other products that you guys offer. Yeah, so I mean, what we did when we started was we figured out, hey, how how can we take all these text messages that are happening out there and make them centralized and more professional um, and and compliant? And what we just naturally rolled into um, leveraging text message for uh, attraction of candidates, mm -hmm. right? Because Cheesecake Factory is using us in storefronts and in, on their Craigslist ads. Um, and so we created a product called Text Apply, right, which helps on the front of the funnel there. Um, we also found that uh, the, the companies were like looking at, this is funny, but they were on our website and they would say, hey, what's that chat function that is on your website? And it was just Olark, right? It was just like Intercom or any of these other things. Like, well, I want that on my career set. I'm like, well, why can't we just make that for you? Right. Uh, and that became Job Chat, right? It's now Live Chat. Um, and the text HR side of things, it, it just was natural to to progress into um, the the onboarding experience and uh, and helping these candidates get onboarding as they become employees, and so that that became uh, a text HR. Um, and as we moved down the funnel, uh, UPS came to us and said, "Hey, can you help us managing all communications for our entire?" Uh, temporary workforce for the seasonal hiring, um, not just to get them on board, but actually to build software to help engage them through this whole entire season so we don't have to issue everybody phones mm -hmm. and that ended up being text reach. Um, so we still to this day, you know, leverage that, that platform for, for those guys. But uh, obviously the suite of products, we didn't think it was gonna be this. We thought it was gonna be text recruit, but part of our core values has always been, you know, much like uh, iSIMS Kaizen, it's always listening to customer and we're customer founded and customer driven. Um, and ultimately that led us to these additional revenue channels and, and value for customers. So customer will pay for it. We'll build. I, I'm, I'm a salesman. <laughs> I'm a salesman. So I, I build you what you need. I'll sell to you. Yeah. So, so Mike, how, how do you figure into this whole thing? You're always keeping the, the reins on Eric. You let him, what's going on here? I don't know if there's keeping any reins on Eric. <laughs> he doesn't have flip flops on right now. No, they made me wear shoes. He looked very professional today, even yeah. with the, uh, in the air. Fantastic. Yeah, nice. He's going to the prom after this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no. Um, I mean, I led the, the strategy and acquisition of Texas Crew from the ISIM side. And so um, part of my role is to incubate that and make sure that it's successful um, coming out of the gate with us. Uh -huh. And then once we've got a great comfort level, um, just make it a part of our uh, normal business. So we're in that phase right now. And it's been fantastic over the last nine months uh, so to you, see this company you, continue to grow. It's your job to sit and watch. Is that is that what it is? And watch kind of like the, the incubation period. I mean, are really you, you were helping along kind of the, the the road of, hey, this is what you need to do to be able to get seen by us. I mean, what's the whole yeah? Process? No, I mean, there's a bit of a story there. Right? I mean, I think I met Eric probably four and a half, five years ago now. Yeah. Um, I had just joined Isom's and I didn't come from the space, so I really didn't know um, much about HR tech. And um, Pat Crest does a great SaaS conference every year in Bell, Colorado. It's KeyBank now, but yeah. KeyBank, yeah. yeah. And um, so I went out there, and they put together a, a number of meetings for me, kind of 30-minute speed dating, pitch, a, pitch an idea um, to another company kind of thing. And Eric and Jed came in with yeah. a, a PowerPoint deck talking about how they were gonna you know, just kill this category. And I thought, wow, that's an amazing feature. <laughs> yeah. We've gotta be doing this, right? Like every ATS. Um, 2014. Okay. 2014, yeah. yeah. Um, every recruiting software company has to be doing this, right? Um, I found out we weren't, right? Yeah. Um, my guy to Eric was, look, it's a, it's a really interesting capability, but um, you've got to broaden it. You've got to make it more of a platform, more of a portfolio of products, not just this one component. Yeah. And, 
Um, Man, over the last four years, we've just seen him broaden the product portfolio. We've seen him add a lot of our customers to his customer base. And so when we were looking at this deal, we took it to the board, and the board literally said, this is the most logical acquisition we've ever seen. Now, um, you simplify it, but you had a, you, you cheated a little bit, right? Like, TextRecruit was integrated into iSIMS. You sort of saw the growth in the numbers. Well, so you, the incubation you, period. You knew a little bit about what you were getting into, correct? <laughs> yeah, totally, right? So um, at the same time that Eric was building his business, we were building our platform strategy, which was enabling other companies building products to plug into us and to integrate with us, right? So um, he had the foresight to say, look, if we're going to go build this product that works with ATS providers and CRM tools, that we should build it um, to their specifications and via their platform. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that greased a lot of the, the sellability of the product to our customer base. And so we started holding them up as, hey, this is what a great product integration looks like. Uh -huh. yeah. um, and so we were able to see sort of the two big hurdles to M&A in software is how does that product work with yours, right? Um, and will your customers buy it? And we were able to see both of those things. Um, so it's been fantastic. So, so tell us the dice story. Yeah. Um, so that was, so I was, I had just gotten off of the uh, identified acquisition, right? Uh -huh. So I was, uh, the, uh, I was another big title, right? SVP of monetization and sales uh, strategy for, for, uh, for identified, which funny enough became uh, Workday's first acquisition and became their shitty ATS now, actually. <laughs> that's that's kind of what it's became. So um, move, like fast forward, I was able to, to get out of that situation and, and, and say, um, you know, okay, look, what do I want to do? I, want, I have this idea. Um, and I pitched, I pitched my buddy on it, right? Jed, who's my co-founder. And I said, I think we can do this. I think I can, I can sell this. Um, and, um, and so he, he, he bought the product and we got, we got customers going. Um, and then it was like, Hey, let's be agnostic. Let's actually go to all our contacts all over, uh, this ecosphere. And part of that was going to job boards. And so, uh, I'm an ex career builder guy and, and learned a lot there. And I learned that, you know, Hey, these are the types of job boards that we should be looking at working with. So, um, Dice happened to be right down the street in in, uh, in San Jose, and uh, walked down to you know got off the, the train. I was living in San Francisco. Got off the train, went to 225 Santa Clara. Walked upstairs, beautiful 11th floor uh, in downtown Santa Clara or downtown San Jose on Santa Clara Street, um, and go into this big boardroom, and all the executive staff for, for Dice is there, and uh, and I start pitching. Start pitching text recruit and capabilities and how we can change the way that they're engaging with all their candidates and their, their massive databases and create so drip marketing. People just yeah, all the executives, all all, all of them, okay. right? Because they were like, "What is going on with this?" Yeah. Like, because we were gaining traction already, right? Um, and it was really interesting because I left the meeting feeling like, oh man, like I feel like I killed that, right? This is great. It's another engagement platform. We're gonna manage all text communication for Dice. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be massive. Um, and I get an email like a week later, hey, you know, we just don't think it's gonna be right for us. We don't think, you know, it's gonna be very professional to text and, and communicate for jobs. And I was like, wow. Okay, total miss, like whatever, I'll move on. Right. Fast forward four years, we just took over the dice space uh, in downtown San Jose. Life so life, it's amazing how things kind of come back life. around and you know things change and your companies have to evolve. But I think that that's a big learning. And one of the kind of key reasons why we chose to ISIMS candidly was that you gotta hook your horse to something, right, and someone. Um, we knew that there, there's going to be a lot of challenges along the way in building of a really big company, right? We built a pretty big big company, but not like a multi-billion dollar company. 
to build a multi-billion, which is what all VCs want, right? To build a multi-billion dollar company, you have to have a little bit more than just what TechScrew was. So I, I was real about that. But uh, but we knew Isom's was like changing the way that they had been doing business. And it wasn't just a 15-year-old company. Like it actually was some something that, that was like, Becoming a new way of doing business in the HR space, and Unify was part of that. But also the way that these guys were looking at strategy um, and how to, you know, how to build this company out. And obviously, it's it's worked for them, and it worked for us. So I think it's good stuff. So I have your one sheet here of your 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 material and what you guys do. And I'm reading uh, text HR. Communicate with employees over text message and live chat at scale and text reach. Manage projects and coordinate with your employees over text message. Yeah. That sounds a lot to me like Slack. Am I off base there or not? You're not. That was the vision for text reach. Um, so, you know, I'd say like if we, if we didn't go through this acquisition, we'd be probably like doubling down hard on, on text reach right now. Because um, we believe that uh, text reach candidly is is uh, is a competitor to slack um, on the white white collar or hourly workforces that you know don't have smartphones or they don't have access to corporate email addresses right and so generally when you have a slack you have corporate email addresses that you send out invites to and then you have your slack that happens mm -hmm. but in uh, in in the blue collar workforces all of our customer base right those hourly workforces you don't have the ability to send out corporate email addresses you can't invite them to corporate you know chat functions because right it just doesn't work for those and like companies like crew and some of these other kind of systems that are trying to be slack for for the the hourly I just didn't believe it was gonna work because everybody communicates via text so if I could do the same thing that we did for recruiting and put it into the managers hands to communicate with its existing employees and group text without sharing personal data of the employees as well as the manager that could become a very big company um, and that's what our our VCs uh, originally saw within that application and that's why they were going to be willing to give us 15 million dollars you know if we didn't get acquired because yeah. um, we were going to build that out but that's kind of the thing is you like you take you know you take the strategy take what you think is right for the time and and ultimately isoms did a good job by positioning itself and what we could do together so i'll do a quick redirect so you guys talking about this product i mean you can actually get sentiment employees right yeah so, so at that point you know if they're happy sad all that other and and we were talking last night kind of laughing about glint being yeah. how much money and just the, the utter disbelief in Mike's eyes last night at dinner. I still don't believe it. So what do you think crazy. about that? 400 to 500 million on Glint. I hadn't heard that number you know, uh, before, and so that seems like a, a massive amount of value, right? Yeah. Um, especially for a CEO who says that he built it for the good of humanity, right? I almost felt like he needed to give it away after all of that. Jesus. Um, no, I felt like he was giving it away. For I, I, I think it's a, How much money did he take on? Look, I think it's a recognition of, uh, of the fact that LinkedIn is trying to broaden its TAM, right? I mean, it's trying to get into something beyond talent acquisition and start looking at more of the talent engagement side. So um, I'm sure it makes sense for them. I'm sure they've got a whole thesis around how they're gonna take that product and, and get 400, 500 million worth of value out of it. So I want to ask you to, to tell me the next companies that you're going to acquire. Ah. But what are, uh, <laughs> Mike, what are some of the, the, the segments or overall sort of themes that ISIM is going to be looking at 
getting into in the next you know two three five years yeah no that's a great question right so um, I mean look we just uh, did this round with Vista and I think the the output of that is the step on the gas uh, we've built what we think is the category killer in talent acquisition software how do we then take this platform that we built um, that has scale in the market that has an incredible amount of data and now turn that loose to create something that's incredibly more valuable so um, for us it's not getting out of talent acquisition is doubling down on talent acquisition um, and what we're looking at are things that move us more up funnel um, and enable our customers to really um, leverage our product not just to manage workflow but to actually do sourcing and so that ability to connect candidates and to connect candidates to hiring companies and to make those matches is really interesting to us um, and we think we have unique data that enables us to do that in a way that's completely different than, than the way companies are doing it today so ISIMS has changed I mean really the the outlook I mean the wasn't wasn't an acquisition kind of a focus before? I mean, it, you have put the foot your foot on the pedal, especially with Vista money, right? So why why the change? I mean, what did you see? What was happening in the market that made pretty much the executive team everybody say we've got to do shit differently? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of life cycle, right? I mean, when we were a smaller company, we were focused on how do we grow um, and do it at a manageable pace. Um, kind of things fell into place over the last couple of years that have given us more confidence and the ability to do M&A, right? You need, you need scale in a market because you have to be able to afford to go buy something new, right? And so our valuation because of our growth um, gives us that uh, ability to write a check. Um, our cash flow provides us with a lot of um, cash that we can use in order to deploy to do M&A. Um, and I think this recognition that there's so much innovation that's happening in this space that we don't have to build everything ourselves. I mean, that was the whole thesis around the ecosystem model, right? Let the ecosystem build things, um, see what's working, see what our customers are buying, and then use our ability to, to fund a deal to step in and acquire the leadership uh, categories. Maybe a question for both of you. There's There's been a lot of change in the ATS, talent management uh, space here. You've seen announcements by LinkedIn getting into the ATS game. Of course, we talk about uh, Google Hire quite a bit on the show. Um, you see smaller players, uh, enterprise players. There's just a lot going on. And, and you guys sort of seem not necessarily in the middle, but you definitely don't play in the small, you know, the bottom tier. But you see these big companies, not only LinkedIn and, and Microsoft and, and Facebook and Google, but I could throw in potentially Salesforce, I could throw in Amazon. Like, where is ISIM's place and maybe the, the same uh, tier of ATS or talent management system? Where do you guys fit into the new ecosystem going forward? You're talking about from like a positioning in the market? What? segments of the market we're focused on or how do we see ourselves you know positioning with Amazon and LinkedIn and Google and everyone getting so in the I'm, space if I'm a customer yeah. um, maybe what is what is what does the customer look like that you think will choose iSIMS versus a, a smaller a smart recruiters or a job score or someone that's going to choose um, you know, LinkedIn's Yeah, solution. totally. So um, I think at our core, we are a company that tries to focus on simplifying the complexity of recruiting, right? And so if you're a company that has very basic requirements, you hire one persona, you don't hire a lot of people a year, you're probably not our best customer. Um, but if you hire, you know, lots of different types of um, roles from lots of different types of sources, um, lots of different hiring types like hourly and professional and those kinds of things, um, then there's a lot of complexity around that. Right? You can't source all of your candidates from one place. You can't manage them through the workflow the same way. Um, that's where we fit. Um, and so our tools are really designed to simplify the complexity of the recruiting workflow, to simplify the complexity of engaging and managing candidates, to simplify the complexity of finding candidates. 
Um, and uh, honestly, to simplify the complexity of plugging in all of these other peripheral tools that companies are using. So um, I'd say the way that we fit in the market uh, is also that we are that system of record, right? People view our product as that first system that they put in, and that becomes your hub, and everything else then plugs into that hub so that you have one core workflow tool, one data um, repository, um, one analytics engine that you're using for your hiring process. What he said. <laughs> Eric, messaging is hot. Uh, it's the number one activity on uh, mobile devices. Obviously, mobile is hot. Uh, I'm curious your perspective on there's got to be something next. What is next? Is it voice? Is it. Um, next for me or next for the industry? Industry or the world at large? The world at large. Place messaging? No, I mean, so here, I mean. Video? So I think what you're going to find is that um, there's not going to be anything created unfortunately it's it's all in front of us right so everything that is the future is already built um, it's really the question of how do you take what is already built and optimize it for specific problems and and how do you create solutions for with existing technology for existing problems um, so the problems have been identified within the HR world, right? It's finding candidates, getting them into the system, getting them through a hiring cycle, hiring them, onboarding them, and then keeping them, right? So if that, if we know all the problems that happen within those, then all you have to think about is like, how do you build solutions that will optimize each part of that funnel? So ultimately you have the, the lowest first run yield that you could possibly get. Or the highest highest first run yield as you could possibly get. There's there's a couple of things that you can use to, to do that. You can use like products that will help you automate systems, right? And maybe that's automating the way you taking a chatbot and making it like something that is a voice, mm. or maybe it's creating an interview process that leverages all of the the AI components to help understand is this person lying or not or you know what type of communication are they having what are the sentiment that's going on or you just take something like this is way out there but something like quantum computing which i was at you know TechCrunch and i saw the watson cubase uh uh cube uh computer right so it's like you have, if you start processing all these things faster and you put problems into these quantum computers that actually can solve problems at a you know exponential rate from existing computing power then like it becomes really crazy right then you're like all you have to do is the same exact baseline that you currently have but then you put it in something like a quantum computer and outputs you know you're going to get an exponential output on it so that's like super heady and way in the future and I doubt that it's going to come to HR first right we're going to have that in sales and marketing first my, my guess is HR can't spell programmatic right right programmatic is a big thing for us <laughs> in our industry but it, but it, it, we, we, it, it takes a while to, to catch up um, so I think the net of it is like I I believe that there's still a lot of disruption with existing technologies out there. Um, I think there's a lot that AI can do um, and machine learning. Um, and I think matching is, is broken, which I think is probably a significant problem that no one can solve, right? And I think, think that that's so? probably next. I mean, I think matching candidates is really hard when you have 
horrible data, which anybody that says they have great data in their ATS is lying. Nobody has great data. Everybody tries to bypass the application process. They do that with text recruit, right? Oh, yeah. So I mean, it's 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 not like it, the data is getting better. It's no, but it's going to get worse. Built, like Google's building models. Yeah. On the, on the and Amazon's doing models exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's building models. So you're yeah. building these ontologies because we know that job descriptions are always going to suck. Yeah. And that and resumes are always going to suck. So yeah. Yeah. really focusing on the job titles and the company, the type of company, along with the actual resume and the type of job that that individual actually did. And trying to make the match there as opposed to all the fluff and bullshit that's in or not in job yeah. description resume. Yeah. So you don't think, really? I don't know. Because then it's easy to, it's easy to game. Because then, then you're like, if you're a candidate, then you're just gaming the system. And then like, where's the cross-referencing on it? And I think there's a lot of holes in there, man, from both sides. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's a lot of holes on the, the when we talk about bias, right? And, um, and the, and the matching technology based on what you think it is. Yeah. And then also what candidates, candidates are humans. They are like, they are full with holes, right? So it's like, how do you figure that out and connect the two when you have two processes that are really hard application and showing interest in something in a labor force that's massive. And then technology from the, the company side of matching these jobs, which is really hard. So, I don't know. I think it's a really hard problem, and I think I don't think there's enough money into it, like right now. Um, and I don't know. What do you think about Mike? It's. I mean, I think it, there's always that sort of disruption curve, right, where things just get incredibly hyped, and everybody's talking about it. You go to HR tech, and everybody's an AI, AI company, and then a couple, yeah, bots, right. Um, everybody's gonna be quantum computing in about four years, by the way. <laughs> so you're gonna go to HR tech, and be like, Eric was right. There's quantum computing everywhere here. It's yeah. like. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the marketing organizations, I think, get out in front of that, right, wow. and create a lot of that hype. But then it does go into that sort of trough of disillusionment, right? And then from there, it gets incrementally better over time if people start to understand how to adopt this stuff. So yeah, I think there is going to be continued disruption, but I think it's going to be micro disruptions. I don't think it's like this big bang kind of um, change that we're going to see in the market. So totally. on the startup side, Mike, so if I'm a startup and I'm listening to this, right, what kind of advice can you give me? Kind of the same kind of advice you might have given Eric. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. So maybe two things, right? Um, to Eric Schroeder, what he tapped into is that he recognized that there was a need in a market that was not fulfilled, mm -hmm. right? Um, you made the comment earlier around, hey, you know, let's go build something and then who pays for it, right? right. There are a lot of things that people can build, but there aren't a lot of things that people will pay for, right? And so find that thing that somebody's willing to actually pay for and build around that. Um, put that into the market. The market will tell you if it's good or not, right? And then you can get better from there and you can kind of you know evolve your product from there. That's sort of the key to software development, right? Yeah. It's not getting to the market with the best product, it's getting to market with a product and then making it better over time. Um, I think the other piece of it, um, and we've seen it in our business, has just been you know religious devotion to focus, right? You can't be good at everything. And the more things you try to be good at, the less you're good at anything. And so when you're starting out, you don't have sales resources, you don't have um, product development resources. Um, we started off as a SaaS business by design because we could only afford to spend money on building one thing. <laughs> we couldn't customize it for everybody, right? We can only afford to market for one thing. Um, so that's my advice, right? Pick a category where you think pe people would value it and value pay money for it, um, and then stay focused on that um, until you get to enough scale where you can start broadening out from there. Eric, you have some pretty strong opinions on the future of Maya, Olivia. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, love all those guys, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm a big Ale fan. I'm a big Aaron fan. I don't know the founder of, of, of uh, Alio, but I'm sure it would be buddies. Um, 
<laughs> so, uh, I mean, they, they all know they all know my position on it, right? I've been on panels with them and talked about how. Okay, so <laughs> they maybe yeah. give it up, Barry. All right, so I mean, listen, th- like there is, like Mike said, there's a massive hype cycle happening right now, and it is, uh, it's like lemmings, right, um, jumping off a cliff in VC land, because it's really hard to find good companies right now as a VC, right? They are giving, they are trying so damn hard because there's so much money out there, by the way, like. When there's tons of money and like not so much supply, like it just becomes a, a market for these guys that are that are traditional founders that have had raises before or are you know incredibly you know successful exits as employees to establish themselves as the next best thing and raise as much capital as they want. Now, Aaron at Air Paradox hasn't done that yet, but it feels like he's gearing up based on the size of the booth and, and everything we saw that at, at, uh, at HR Tech. So, I mean, like the reality is like, I think that there's, I think they're they are, they're going to have to pivot to do something else, and and I think that they are smart enough to think about doing that now, and and that is creating something other than just being a chatbot for for recruiting, that's and replacing the whole entire recruitment uh, piece of the biz like like doing all of recruitment is pretty much impossible at this point. You're always gonna have human intervention in that, right? You need, as a company, you don't want a robot hiring your whole entire workforce. As a CEO, I'd be like, you fucking crazy? Absolutely not, like absolutely not. I wanna hire my people, right? So I think there's additional amusement of of that piece. I think there's going to be four winners within AI. It's going to be commoditized. It's already commoditized because I use it with IBM, right? So IBM, Google, Amazon, and Microsoft. Microsoft, thank you. I always forget them. It's been a long day. Um, so those four are true, and the S&P maybe, right? Uh, but those four really are going to be the key plugins if you want to build a chatbot or if you want to match technology, you want to do NLP, you, you want to plug it into all your data and come up with insights. Like it's all commoditized and you do it based on API call. Mm. And that's available today. You want to go build a chatbot, go do it, right? You also want to go build a little you know, texting platform, that's fine. But like you do want to do everything together, that's a platform, right? Live chat, text, chatbot, integration, you know, communication platform, automation. Uh, like marketing, all of that stuff is very important to have as a platform. That's why we've succeeded. But I'm gonna, f- I-, I find it really difficult for them to be as successful as they need to be to have a good exit mm-hmm. with raising that much capital. I have, a, I have a hard time believing they're going to get there with what their current product set is. I'm convinced there's like a mathematical equation where you could take the amount of money raised divided by the square footage of the booth at HR 10 <laughs> <laughs> equals company oh, longevity, right? right? Like, yeah. That's, that's, oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, th- that honestly might be fun to run. Like, you know, what's it? What's the size? Of, I mean, you can t- like we've always been 10 by 10 yeah. or like a startup little area, right? We were in startup little area like until last year. And so that, that never meant anything to us. Um, and it honestly, the companies that wanted to see us came and saw us. So, so. playing devil's advocate, to sure. Comment, yeah, uh, I could I could come back and say, oh, I mean, text messaging. I can go get a Twilio account. I yeah. can set up some basic, you know, text messaging platform dashboard for people. Um, I, I obviously know that you believe it's a product versus sort of a, a feature. Yourself feature. Yeah. But uh, tell the audience why that is. Why is text messaging a standalone product? Yeah, I mean, it's just so if you want to go build like a little texting. Computer, 
component or use Google Voice. Right, Google Voice is a great entry point into texting. Mm -hmm. It's like if you want to use Google Voice and then just uh, you know test out texting professionally, that is that's a, a key thing. And then Twilio too. You can build a little Twilio application too. But the problem that you have is like when you want to have two-way communication, you want to have uh, more than two-way communication, right? So campaign-based communication. You want to put AI on that. You want to integrate put automation into it. And then you want to be able to track across all your recruiters um, and, and share communication uh, within the applicant tracking system in addition to doing live chat and all these other functions that got to be connected. Mm -hmm. um, short quote codes, you know, attracting candidates, all the stuff that, that we've done. It's really hard to build that successfully and make it easy to explain and have companies buy into it and see the value, right? We heard Laurel today, all three of those, St. Jude, Hertz, and, and uh, Advantage Solutions, all text recruit customers, all ISMs customers. They all use it completely differently, Yeah. right? I wish everybody used it like Laurel. That was incredible listening to how she used it. I didn't even know that, man. Yeah, I mean, like, those are best practices that you can start to kind of roll out in yeah. messaging, right? And that's the, I mean, like, that's the best thing you get out of these customer events and these yeah. analyst events is like, you learn stuff about your company that you never would have heard, right, from your customer base. Um, and so that's something that we hear about, like the whole Glassdoor, like, yeah. thing was crazy. I was like, how do we, we actually impacted their, you know, their overall their rating, rating yeah. on Glassdoor. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a great little add-on for Glassdoor. And like, hey, Glassdoor, you know, we should probably partner. Yeah, so right? a little background, a so. little context. For all you talent acquisition professionals out there, uh, you need to think harder about how you use a lot of these tools because there are some really good fucking ways you can do it. Um, and that was Hurt. Was that Hurt? That was Advantage. That was Advantage. Yeah, okay, that was Advantage. Yeah. Okay, last question. This is for both of you. For, I'm going to start out with Eric, though. Um, you know, me being an old Monster guy, I kind of watch what Monster does, and it pisses me off because I get so frustrated to watch their movements. Right. You're you're an old career builder guy, so yeah. you've got to be frustrated as hell when they come out with stupid shit like freaking augmented reality. <laughs> oh so, 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 yeah, so tell me... Tell me what the hell is going on over I don't want to create that many enemies of this. Uh, <laughs> I love Career Builder. Let me just preface this. Okay, go ahead. I, I will never say a bad thing about CB outside of they've made some poor decisions along the past. Some, yeah. But I will tell you that like that training system and the people I met there were absolutely incredible. Uh, so sales training system. Sales training system, yep. leadership training. That's wow. where I cut my teeth in leadership. I will see nothing but great things about that company and, and they're, they're, at the time, their executive staff. Um, I had a good experience there. It led me to where I am today. Um, there certainly has been a shift. Like, here's the difference. Apollo is a much different PE company than Vista. Oh, yeah. And you can you can already tell that, right? It's like, and CareerBuilder is a much shop, different company right? than iSIMS, right? <laughs> there's two directions that you're going in there, and there's two types of PE companies, right? And so mm -hmm. the one that CareerBuilder is involved with right now is absolutely one that's a turnaround. Um, and so they're going to they're gonna try hardest to, number one, catch a hype cycle, right? And because they want to become cool again, right? And man, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a dude in his forties, like wearing earrings or like, you know, <laughs> doing something like going to like stupid, like whatever, 20 year old clubs, you know, you're just like, you look at him, it's kind of sad. I don't know. It's a little bit sad. You want them to turn around and be like, dude, it's never going to work. I'm sorry. Right. Like you got to figure out what's better for you. Um, so when they release something like that is obviously part of a hype cycle, there's real no value within mm -hmm. the, the marketplace. Um, outside of just like, look what I can do, um, then it's a little sad, so. So, so 
Mike, not being a crewbar guy, but still looking at the industry, what the hell are they doing over there? Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't want to speak about any one company. Um, maybe I'll just kind of bring it up to a higher level, right? I mean, for me, I think um, that lore of sort of being out front and um, competing on product innovation is mm -hmm. what a lot of companies try to do when they kind of mature, right? Uh, and want to repurpose themselves. So do you think AR is that though? No, I can't imagine that that's you know <laughs> going to change the game um, for them uh -huh. specifically. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think um, companies need to decide what they want to compete on, right? And it's easy to say we're going to compete on product innovation, but it's hard to actually do it really well and do things that customers value. Um, honestly, for ISIMs, um our secret sauce is operational excellence. I mean, that is, you know, ideas are cheap. Execution is really um, expensive. Yeah, it's the hard um, part. And that's the hard part, right? Yeah. And so You never know. It could be amazing. Like, they could kill it with this because they just have a badass sales force. And they could go out there and sell. But the thing is, it's going to all churn, right? Yeah. It's all going to churn. So they might be able to show results. And, and that's any business, by the way. That is a hype cycle and, and, business. And, and, well, and they have, Sorry, they, have good, no? yeah. they have good product, though. Talent Discovery, that's not a shitty product. No, totally. Right? Yeah. But they're not pushing it. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. So anyway. That's it. Focus, Simplification. Right? Find the things that, you, you know, yeah. that your customers really value. Yeah. Figure out how you operationalize around that and, and, and focus there. Free they make, dude, free they advice. make a lot of money. Yeah. And like they got a lot of smart people at that organization. They got to be looking at something that we can't look at, right? Um, I think the same thing with Monster. Like, Monster has really interesting leadership. Like, they've upgraded, I think, from a leadership perspective. Oh, yeah. They're going to have to make sure that they make, you know, some good moves within the market in order for this to all work out for yes. them as well. Have to hope that that, that legacy anchor doesn't drag them down. Yeah. Okay, guys. Mike, Eric, appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Long guys. Day. Thank appreciate you, guys. Yeah, right. here. Take care. Okay, 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 okay. Before we go, since advertising takes repetition to soak in, I just thought I'd remind you again, this was all by Elegant Design. It's all about text to hire, and it's all about next. And Elegant Design. So go to chadcheese.com, click on the next logo, and get 25, yeah, I said 25% off your first text to hire campaign. Woo! Engage better, use text to hire from next. Two X's. Booyah. This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. How much do you understand the future of finance. I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.